every time I see that, I get excited and the, the nostalgic feelings happen with me all over again when I think about how people have taught me things throughout the years. Not just my father, not just my mother, but other individuals who have bid me and said, you know what, come on, you can do this. You can make it. How many of you know that life's a little bit intimidating? <laughs> and you need some encouragers along the way. You need some people who will come and be able to say, you know what, you can do this even when you don't feel like you can. And um, I'm just uh, excited that, that the Lord is patient with us. How many of you are thankful for His patience? <laughs> and, and, and His strength, it's ever there. And, uh, and I like when, when the uh, lack of assurance is, is there, that, that the Father is ever so quick to come by and be able to just say, you know what, you can do this. So come back down to even our level. And uh, that, that, that's a wonderful thing. So um, I, I don't share, uh, the, the, the title of this message today is, is Baby Steps. And I, I don't share many uh, jokes and things like that, but I thought I'd try one this morning. You see, <laughs> yeah, you're already, do, you're warmed up, you're good. You gave me that courtesy laugh and everything, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are three preachers in a Barney's Cafe shop and they were discussing the time when life began. And they each gave their opinions about when life began. And one preacher said, well, life begins when the child takes his or her first breath. The other said, no. Then he finished, it begins when the child is conceived. But the last preacher said, you both have the wrong answer. Life begins when the last child leaves and the dog dies. <laughs> ah. More of a joy. <laughs> I'm glad to say that when life begins, and it's began for all of us who have experienced life at all, it's began when Jesus Christ came into our lives. Amen. It became when I. It began when I uh, basically recognized that I have sin and I'm in need of a Savior, and all of a sudden life eternal began for me. And the subject matter that we're talking about today is ever so important. This whole series is, is ever so important because it's, it, it's a, the hope of us as a staff and, and that you will understand that we're trying to create opportunities for people to follow. But many people follow for a period of time before they actually become the believers. And sometimes we're so anxious for a person. Everybody, anybody who cares, anybody who has any level of love at all for their loved ones are doing whatever they can to ensure that that person makes a commitment or become a believer. But sometimes we overstep the, the steps that are necessary, the babies, in order so a person can start to walk. And we, we even make the mistake of telling them they are something that they're not. And when they realize they're not, they're disappointed. They experience failure and disappointment. And guess what? They throw in the towel. And so it's our hopes that with this, this, this series and through your discussions, that you can discover along the way how maybe we can be a church that better equips people to be followers who will become believers who will become dedicated reproducers in the kingdom of God. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is that we get to come here today, be able to break the bread of life, to be able to speak of the subject matter, Lord, that you've laid upon my heart to share with this congregation, this series, Lord. We prayed about it, and we, we believe that this is exactly where you would have us to be right now. 
And so we pray now, Lord, that you will open up our minds and our hearts and you'll enable us to be able to um, apply, make some application of some biblical principles that we find. And that we would be inspired by your word and we'd be, be encouraged and we would we'd find a way to recognize your spirits working in our lives to truly make us into the church that you want us to be. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your Son and your Holy Spirit. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Let all God's people say amen. 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 So we began and uh, last week we talked about this and we talked about playing the game Jesus says. And, and I, I, I specifically last week, or on purpose I guess, played both sides of the fence to try to give you a, a message on balance. Say balance. <laughs> it's important to understand. We're not trying to throw everything out that you've ever you know, learned or thought. We're not trying to bring low the level of, of holiness. We're not trying to, to water things down. We're trying to be realist about what it takes to get a person where they need to be. And some things that some people really have, have, have got a little bit confused is this idea that we play this game, and we said it, if you weren't here last week, raise your hand. Just Okay, I'm not going to pick on you. Just, go back and listen to the message if you can, please. All right, go back and listen on to the Internet, and, and uh, please listen to these messages so that you can, you can catch up with them and be part of them. But um, we, we talked about how Jesus, uh, many times for Christianity, people believe that, that the game that of Christianity is Jesus says. As long as you do what Jesus says, then you get to stay in the game. But when you don't do what, it says, what, what he says, then you have to sit down, like Simon says. Many of you are familiar with that. And, and, and sometimes you just you figure out that you're not really coordinated or you're not a very good listener and, and, and you basically fall down more than you actually are in the game. And it makes you want to quit. We have a lot of quitters throughout the years. There are too many quitters who have been part of the body of Christ who have called off, called it off. And, and specifically with our, with our, uh, our post-graduation uh, young people, our young people coming out of high school and such. And, and as much as we, as far as the Pentecostal church, the Assemblies of God have, have some of the most damaging and also same statistics as the rest of the church, and that is that there's a huge exodus from the church of individuals who are graduating out of high school, going to college, and they, they basically leave their faith back in their adolescent stage or in their, their teenage years. Many times they come back to that. But wouldn't it be neat to be able to say that, you know what, they never had to leave in the first place? <laughs> that instead, they're from, from that point of inception, that point of conception, that point of where they basically understood who they were in Christ, that they just never turned it back. That's, that's what I'm hoping for, Amen. And so we discover that Jesus did say some things, and he did say that being a sinner doesn't disqualify you from, the fo from following Jesus. It's actually a prerequisite. How many here were sinners before they came to know Jesus? Look at that. <laughs> some of you weren't, all right. <laughs> or you just don't like to raise your hand. You didn't, you're not sure today. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, hey, uh, it, being a sinner doesn't disqualify. It's absolutely necessary. He came so that the sinners, right? He came to the sick, not to those, you know, who, who don't need a doctor, right? We also said this, being an unbeliever doesn't disqualify you from following Jesus. You might say, well, isn't that saying the same thing? No, see, see a, a sinner is a person who just does wrong, but an unbeliever could be someone who does wrong, but they still haven't believed who Jesus is. 
Hebrews 11.6 says it's impossible to please God, all right, without faith. We must believe that he exists and that he's a diligent rewarder of those who seek him, all right? And so without that, without that belief, all right, you would think, many people think that disqualifies them from following Jesus. Now, following is what we're talking about. That's all we're talking about is becoming a follower. Nobody, nobody at first thought that Jesus was the Son of God when he showed up on the scene. Mary pondered things in her heart. She considered them. She thought about it. She's like, whoa. But, but still the gravity of all of that took a little while to sink in. And even more so for the disciples, the ones who were given the assignment to go out and to share this with other people, weren't fully convinced by all means, until probably after the resurrection and the point of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I mean, it just was solidified. Like, you know, they were followers enough to have a level of commitment, obviously. Even so, so much so that Peter says, you know what, Jesus, it doesn't matter, you know. He says, I will die for you. We know how that went, right? Well, eventually did. But being an unbeliever, everybody is an unbeliever at some point in time. I mean, the people there were excited because he healed mother-in-laws. He healed sisters. He healed fathers. He caused for the blind to be able to see, the lame to be able to walk. I mean, there was all kinds of things that, that, that he did, but that's why they were following him, not because they believed he was the Son of God. I mean, if someone's giving out a free meal, how many of you say, you know what, <laughs> that's pretty good. I can go listen to that teaching. I'm going to go ahead and be there. And so they really didn't have an understanding of it, but they started to get a little bit more and more. And then finally we discovered last week, Jesus' invitation was and is an invitation to relationship. Say relationship. relationship. It's not to religion. Okay, not to religion. Not to a, and, and when I say religion, I mean there, there's a pure religion that speaks of in the Bible, all right? Does it care for those who are in need? I mean, but, but religion in the sense of the, the liturgy and the structure and going through the motions and forgetting about having a communication or relationship with God. It's about relationship. You know, many times religion has said, change and you can join us. Jesus said, join us and you will change. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about that. Sometimes change is so radical, we can't believe it ourselves until something else happens in our lives. Some of you have changed and you're like, you changed so much you didn't even realize it until someone said, you didn't used to talk that way. You didn't used to, you know, go there or say this, and that's not the way you used to think about things. But all of a sudden, there's this awareness that a change has happened, and hopefully that's in the good areas in your life, right? There's a particular group in the Peruvian Amazon. They were known there, and uh, they, they, for many generations, it was uh, very fearful for people to be able to go there because of, of this group of people, and, and, the, and they basically killed whomever they came into contact with. Maybe some of the people that Nate Saint and such were, were there trying to reach. And, and they were aggressive, and they were animistic, and, and all of the contact with outsiders, everything that they had was marked by violence. But now... After all of these years, there's been a transformation that took place in this same group. And one by one, people came to know Jesus Christ. They began to embrace Him. They began to love on Him. And, and, and because they began to embrace Him, they began to treat their wives and their husbands and their children differently. 
There were things that was different with how they started treating other people who came into close contact with them. All of this happened after Christ. Well, there was a wise man. Say wise man. Well, who thought he was wise? An anthropologist came and visited the Bora people and started criticizing them and the missionaries who had given them this message and began to tell them, don't you know that Christianity is for the white man? You people should go back to your old religion and your old ways. To which the indignant Bora leader rose up within him and said, Hey, listen, yes, and if we did return to our old ways, you'd be the first one in the pot. Change is important. And it will happen. And it's really important that we realize that it takes a little bit of time. And sometimes it happens without us actually realizing it's happening. And, and somebody, how many of you have ever been told by someone who considered themselves wise but was really ignorant, I liked you better when you didn't know Jesus? I've heard some people say that. You know what? You're not as much fun. You're a little bit more boring. You, you, you look a little bit more uh, cautious or, or, or thoughtful. I, I, I've never really understood it. How you could see destruction happening in someone's life and they ask you to come and join them in this venture of destruction through some of the usual vices, whether it come through alcohol or come through uh, other illicit drugs or overuse or in indulgences and even in, in food or whatever it is. And, hey, man, come and join us. I mean, someone has, you know, cheesecake, right? And they don't want to eat it alone, right? Come and eat, well, unless they want it all for themselves. <laughs> but come and join me in this. Come and join me in this, you know, especially when it, when it comes to abuse. So from the little things to the biggest things, we don't be, like to be alone many times in the things that we do wrong. <laughs> you ever think about that? And we get boofed. We get, we get, you know, just deceived into thinking that we participate in some of the foolish things we can see the destructive habits that are formed and someone guilts us into doing what they're doing? Doesn't seem to make much sense to me. The question that we have though for us today is this. Am I following? Am I following? Get ready with that video or that audio if you would please. Take a look at somebody who is learning the baby steps.
<laughs> Just going to hold that shot there for a minute. How many of you guys can remember when that happened for you? Nobody? Can remember something that was so basic to our very existence and to what we do so regularly today? Can remember the actual steps that was necessary? The process and the progress by which you came to be able to walk upright. It happened. People around you, people got excited. <laughs> look at them, look at them, look at them. They're, they're really doing it. I love listening to people sometimes, myself especially. <laughs> How silly we sound and get excited over the things that are the most basic types of things. Well, why are you so, everybody's going to do this. But that's my kid. That's my grandkid. That's my loved one. You know, and, and we get so excited about these baby steps and this process that all of us are going to go through. Jesus came into a time in history when everything wasn't perfect by any means. There was all kinds of dysfunction and chaos and disorder. The very people who were supposed to be religious and know better were actually problematic. They would insist upon certain things to be done and wouldn't do them themselves. But even though Jesus, he, he, he was hard on those people, he didn't, he didn't stop any of them from still becoming a follower of his. There was a mix of all kinds of people. Zealots, doubters, tax collectors, business people, men, women, rich, not so rich, respectable, not so respectable, educated, not educated, blue collar, white collar, whatever there was. Even the Pharisees, some of them came. What we're trying to learn here today is we're trying to study how to make these baby steps to create fellowship. We're trying to help ourselves to understand how we can grow up in Him. And coming through those awkward stages of where we don't think that we can do it. But guess what? Hang around the positive people, the encouragers, the people who's willing to teach us and train us. And then, guess what? Before we know it, we're able to grow up into Him. Today we're going to read about two different stories or two different accounts of a, of a similar, of, of the same account. From, I mean, two different authors are going to write from there in your notes. You can see it there. The same particular account. One is from Matthew. The other is going to be from Luke. In Matthew's account of this particular happening, of this story that Jesus is, that's going to be being retold of, of an event that takes place involving Jesus' life, it appears pretty way out there. How many of you guys have seen some zealots for God before? I mean, their people are on fire. I mean, you look at them and everything that is around them is just super spiritual. They've got a scripture for everything, a prayer for everything, a, a godly thought about everything. I mean, you would think they're walking on water, right? <laughs> you know, some people like that. They, they don't live in what we call the, the real world. <laughs> and yet, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be people full of joy, okay? I'm not, I'm not putting people down like that. I'm just saying that sometimes 
you have the days. You have the days that you wonder, okay, God, where are you at? I, I, I know I should be feeling different. I know I should be thinking different, but I'm not quite there. And I'm surely not to the point to where we're going to see where Matthew talks about, where a stranger walks up and comes into my presence and says, follow me, and guess what? I'm doing it. How many of you say, if a stranger walks up to you and says, hey, follow me? You're going to all say, yeah, okay. <laughs> Let me just leave it all behind. We understand Matthew is here uh, communicating to the Jewish people. Tax collector we talked about last, last week, all right? We're going to read the scripture here and see how Matthew records the same account that Luke records. But as is, and I love this about the Bible, that he, he gives us these different versions to help us to understand things clear. People, they think they're contradictions. They think that, they're, that, that, that it's, it makes it unclear. But it really helps to fill in the gaps. Matthew 5.18, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net in the lake, for they were fishermen. And come follow me, Jesus said. I will send you out to fish for people. At once, look at that, at once, say at once. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and they were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets, and Jesus called them. And immediately they left. At once and immediately, they left their boat and their father and followed him. They just did it. Unrealistic and maybe even almost irresponsible. I mean, look at these guys. As Jesus came up walking, it says there's nothing else at all that was going on, and they just left it all. And, and in the latter account, we have these two sons whom are there fishing with their father, and, and all of a sudden, what's he say? See you, Dad. <laughs> I know there's some work to be done. Tell Mom I love her. And, and they follow and you look at people like that, you say, that's unreal. How could that happen? They must have been super spiritual. Right? I mean, I know some people like that. I mean, Jesus shows up, they don't have to know anything else, and they just go ahead and do it. Well, that sounds like writing a blank check for God of my life. And some people just aren't willing to do that. There's just enough pessimism in the world today where somebody is not going to believe everything that you tell them. And they won't believe everything that even Jesus has told them. We've seen all of history. People who were actually in Jesus' presence and didn't believe it. All right, so what's going on? We, we have said and say often in the church, listen, it's all or nothing. It's do or die. I've preached... That you have to be willing to give up everything in order to follow Jesus. We've said, and I've said, Lord of all or not Lord at all. And I've meant for it to be a checkpoint. Something that you're able to look at and, and for you to be able to analyze and take a look at your life. I call him Lord, but what does that mean to me? Now, in our minds, 
the syntax of what we're talking about as far as the definition of a word may have been a little bit different in that we were saying, well, followers, that's what I meant was a believer. And in order to be a believer, I need to deny myself and follow after Jesus. And that sense is correct. But can you be somebody who is an unbeliever, someone who is a sinner, and still follow after Jesus and him not make you sign on the dotted line? That's what we're talking about. How much faith is necessary in order to follow Jesus? Because he's not asking for blind faith. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. Some Christians are the all-in, and you respect them for it, but guess what? You get a little intimidated too. <laughs> and sometimes in their all-in mentality, sometimes there's, a, there's, there's even at times an insensitivity to someone who isn't quite at the same plain is where they're at and there's no tolerance for helping them to be able to grow up and realizing that you just can't tell somebody to quit feeling the way that they feel how many of you ever been in an argument with someone before and you got your feelings hurt because he says oh that's not what i meant that's you 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 quit feeling that way you know you you shouldn't feel that way (laughs) oh great that's my feelings (laughs) we understand our feelings are formed many times by the things that we think about our thoughts or preconceived ideas that we have in our minds but sometimes we wrongly assume that there's superhero faith of people of faith out there and there's just no way in which I can ever be like them and we don't understand the backdrop that it took to get them to where they're at today once again I love my story It's from the age of four all the way to the young age of 50 (laughs) to where I have had a desire to live for God. And I have had people and church people and community and I've had resources that's been poured into me and people have just been there for me all along the way. But it didn't happen overnight. Luke, though, he writes from a little bit different perspective. He's communicating from, as a, from a Gentile perspective and writing to the Gentiles. He's a doctor as we know him. And he says this, he says, One day Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Now, I want you to look at this right there. This is always how it begins. Faith comes by hearing. Say, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. That's the scripture, all right? And, 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 you need to know this, that these people, okay, now it's been great, Look, Matthew didn't point this out, but here, oh, it makes sense now. The same story, the same account, but Luke gives a little bit more information that helps us understand what's going on here. He says, one day Jesus was standing by the lake and people were crowding around and they were listening to because he was teaching them. Now, following does not begin with believing, But it does begin with an interest that's created because of the teachings that are being given, because of the information. Wouldn't you like to be so contagious and so filled with information that the individuals whom you love so much and the ones that you want to see change, that they would be willing to sit and listen to you? That's, that's That's the place where we don't get because guess what? We've got truth coming out, and our version of truth is accept it my way or you hit the highway. 
and we don't allow for individuals to process what it is that needs to happen within them. See, he saw at the water's edge, there, then the word of God says two boats, and, and there uh, were some fishermen, and they were washing their nets. They had to do this on a regular basis. Get all the garbage out. Get everything that, and, and clean them up. Get everything out. And he got into one of the boats there, and the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down, taught the people from the boat. Now, here in Luke's account, he hasn't asked anybody to follow him, all right? Getting a little bit more information. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they're all right there. And when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, he said this, he said, would you follow me? I'll make you a fisherman. But listen, I want you to understand this. These guys were willing to, to listen for a while. They had seen some of the things that had taken place. And then Jesus gives them the question after he forms relationship. When he finished speaking, verse number four, he said this, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let the nets down. There's so much in here. This particular message could have been broken up into a couple different ones, but you need to understand something here. That fishermen, okay, these fishermen were tired because fishermen fish at night as these guys had. They'd already been, and we know that they would fish at night because they're already cleaning their nets. And so this invite to Jesus. Now this person, they've they seen the crowds following, they've seen the teaching that's taking place, and, and Jesus asks, you know, he comes in and he, he says, I want to borrow your boat, and he, he goes in and he says, oh, by the way, after I've, I've done some teaching from the boat, why don't you go ahead and take me fishing? And they're thinking, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm a little tired already. And, and they take him out, and, and, and Jesus says, now this is Jesus the carpenter, not the fisherman, comes and tells the fishermen how to fish. And he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out to the deep water. <laughs> now the reason that you know, they fish at night is because during the hot sun, the fish go down to the bottom. So at nighttime, they come up to the cool water. And that's why they fish at night. Because they're using nets, and nets don't go down deep, and therefore they got to have the fish in the shallows. And Jesus, the carpenter, tells the fishermen, hey, listen, I want you to do this. We're going to go fishing. And they're thinking, oh my goodness. We're going to go out in the heat of the day. He wants us to go in the deep water, and he wants us to try to catch some fish. And he says, Master, now... Now, th- this idea here of master is just one of, of recognition of his authority, but not later on as he calls him Lord, we'll see. But he says master, a, 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 po- a point of respect. Jesus here was just asking for a baby step of faith. You've heard me, you've seen other people are interested in what I'm sharing with them. How about it? How about will you do something a little bit different than what you've done it before, even though you don't understand it? Will you take a small risk with me 
that possibly you might experience more good things than what you ever imagined you could experience. And in their weary state, in their burnt out state, somehow Peter finds it within him, the desire to take this risk, and says, Master, we've worked hard all night, but he says this, but because you say so. Jesus had already formulated a relationship with, with, with Peter. At least there's been a, there'd been a, a continuity, there'd been, a, there'd been a, 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 a kindred spirit that was being formed because you said so. This man that he had seen teaching, this man who had asked to get in his boat and to come out and teach some more, this man whom he said, you know, I want to go fishing, and says, this doesn't make any sense, but because you say so, we're going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to trust you in this small thing. It's not going to cost me much more time. It might cost me a little bit of my reputation. People might laugh. People might wonder, what am I doing? But guess what? I'm going to do it. Jesus, God is so good to us. So many people like to have these uh, crystal balls when it comes to faith. And we like to be able to see and know exactly what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. And some things we think, if I had only known that that was going to happen, I'd have done it a little bit different. But how many of you know you, you don't get to walk by faith when, you're, when, you, when you do that stuff? See, the crystal ball that you have is not so much a crystal ball, but it's the very Spirit of God, whom is the Word of God, that has communicated Himself in our spirit and verified by His Word and gives us the information. And what he's given to us in foretelling your future is that I have a purpose. I have a hope for you. I plan that you would be successful. I plan that you would prosper. I plan that you would be free from every type of addiction. I plan and prepare for you to be set free from the bondage of sin. I have come to set you, the blind person, free. I've come to open up your eyes. I've come because you weren't able to walk straight, but I'm going to help you to walk. See, that's God's crystal ball for you. (laughs) But we want more of the details. And we become frustrated at times. And he says, listen, I wonder, are you willing to go with me even a little bit further? A little bit further. Luke chapter 5, verse um, verse number 6. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish. When they had done what? When they had went out at the wrong time in the wrong area and they threw their their nets because the master had said so. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me now. What's he say? Lord. And he doesn't. He, He says, I'm a sinful man. Now, maybe Jesus is talking to him about spiritual things or maybe just the very presence of Jesus being there, being 
righteous as he is. And he says, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish he had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. It is amazing what can take place if we will follow what the master would say. We would do what he would say. You see, here's the balance in it. You so he said, it can't be about Jesus says and, and Jesus doesn't say to where you're out. But you do have to do what the man says. Not to purchase your salvation, not to make you into a position about being good. Now you're good because you do good things. You are only ever good because of what he's accomplished on the cross. But you have to do a step. You have to take a baby step and you feel probably defeated many times. You've seen the little newborn babies who will grow frustrated because they can't get it in the hole. They're putting something in the, the square. They can't walk, whatever it is. My mom said, I used to throw little fits. <laughs> I'd get so mad when I couldn't get it. So there's four spiritual applications I want to make out of this non-spiritual type of event that basically Jesus is asking for Peter to be involved in. And the final part of that is then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid from now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. And that's what he was able to finally get to. <laughs> but he still was a follower, right? Four stages of following. First of all, sit and listen. We need to be better listeners. We should become like this little guy by the name of Johnny. And after church, he came up to his parents in the message and he said, and the parent the pastor preached a message and he says, I've got to talk to the pastor right away. And they agreed and they took him up to meet the pastor and, and pastor said, Johnny, pastor said to him, Johnny, what is it? What can I do? He said, well, I heard you say today that our bodies came from the dust and to dust they will return. And he says, yes, I'm glad you were listening. Why do you ask? And Johnny says, well, you better come over to our house right away because they are either coming or going underneath my bed right now. <laughs> Now he's listening, right? Didn't quite get it. That's the way it is with the body of Christ many times. We not only need to be listeners, but we need to be hopefully learners, in turn, who want to share what we learn with other people. The world in which we live is formulated with all these ideas about the church, and not all of them are good. They think that we have this list, this, this litmus test and all these things as far as how people should act and I can't act that way, therefore I can't be a follower. How about instead that we would just quit worrying about so much people becoming the believer in that moment, but we would get people to come and sit and listen. Would that be so wrong? Would it be so wrong to create environments and atmospheres whereby people would feel comfortable to come and sit and listen? People struggle with certain things when it comes to the Word. They struggle with certain things when it comes to church. You want me to go to church as much as what you go to church, or I can't be part? You want me to memorize this much scripture or I can't be part? You want me to do whatever it is that we, we imply or we tell people that they want to do almost cuts them off right at the knees. And he's saying to us, I, want, I believe he's saying to us, can we or are we creating environments and openness to where people will want to sit and listen 
we're, we're, we're showing such love. We're showing such compassion. We're showing such knowledge ourselves because we're, we're studying to show ourselves approved. There's parts that we should do, right? But where people will want to sit and listen. Listen, you don't have to, all right, be a believer. If you're in here today and you have not made a decision to live for Jesus Christ for all the days of your life, guess what? I want you to be at ease. I don't want you to do it. I want you to do it because I want you to be in heaven with us. Does that make sense, all right? But I want you to do it. I want you to make that commitment after you're fully convinced of it. And actually, you can't do anything but. But here is what I dare you to do. I dare you to read a little bit of the Bible. Would that hurt? I dare you to read a little bit of the other types of books and the anointed people have taken some of the, the Bible and, they've, and they've, they've kind of pulled it apart and they're anointed. I dare you to read some of the, the spiritual or scriptural books that are out there. I just, you don't have to be a believer in order to sit and listen. But we need to create environments where people will sit and listen. The only commitment that Jesus wants here for before these, any of these people's lives are changed is just, he's just going to come and teach. And I want that kind of openness with people as well. The second thing is this. Loan them the boat. I believe, first of all, I believe that every one of us here are probably at some stage, one of these stages here, you're going to see yourself at. You're just at the sit and listen stage. You're at the loan him the boat stage. Jesus is showing up at the shoreline. And you're seeing here that he's having a little co uh, complications and communicating to everybody. He's going to ask to borrow your boat. And you're thinking, well, that's an inconvenience. You know, I, I mean, I've got all these other things to do. Don't you see me? I'm cleaning out the nets here. I'm doing all kinds of issue. But... If, if someone asks you to read the New Testament or read a book in the New Testament or, or to start a, a little bit of a, of a prayer life, let me show you how to pray. Don't you think that if you're looking for truth, you're looking for purpose, you're looking for significance in life, that you might want to just loan a little bit of your time, loan a little bit of your resources? Jesus isn't asking for a whole lot right in the very beginning. All he's asking for is for you to give him a little bit of opening into your life. And if you give him a little bit of an opening in your life, he's not going to, you know, just pull any trick switcheroo on you, okay? It still is going to be up to you. You are your own person. You get to make all of your own decisions when it comes to how spiritual you'll be or unspiritual you'll be. But some of us are at that spot where we're alone in the boat. The other people here today may be where you want to take him fishing. This is where it gets exciting because God wants to do something unusual probably in one area of your life. He wants you to be able to understand that He is asking for you to consider doing something different that you're really used to. And you will reason in your mind and say, but why? Simon Peter, the fisherman, had probably fished a thousand times. And the carpenter comes and says, you know what? But I want you to do it a little bit different. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to some hearts today and some people today who have done things the way that you've done them for years and you find yourself stuck or declining or at a plateau and you're not going anywhere. Maybe the church isn't going to where we want to go and maybe we need to do things a little bit different so that God will be able to take us to the next place. 
Just a thought. You, maybe it's just one area. Maybe it's in your giving. Maybe you're going to be challenged in doing something different in your giving than what you've ever had faith to do before. Maybe it's in how you show kindness to someone. Maybe it's in your patience level. Whatever it is that maybe God's going to cause for you to do something differently than what you once did. Rather than arguing and being the winner in an argument with the person whom you love concerning the gospel or concerning anything to do with life, that you all of a sudden just backed up, dial it down and says, you know what? Tell me what you think. It's real hard to learn how to turn the other cheek when all you can think about is standing up for your rights. Maybe some of us just need to go fishing. The last one is this. Leave your nets. Here is the point where some people are at this place of decision. This place where not a stranger, but a teacher has come up and he's invited you to sit and listen. And you've listened. He said, can I borrow a little bit of your time? He said, he said, he said you know what, hey, how about this? Would you be considering to do some things a little bit different if I could show you that you might have some gain? And, and it all makes sense to you, and there's something starting to bubble up within you as it was happening with Peter. And he says, oh, I know who you are now. It's becoming clear to me that you might be the promised Messiah, or you're at least just a whole lot better teacher, a holy man than what I am. And I'm a man who is unclean. I am a sinner. And oh Lord, what use could you have of me? And he says, this is the kind of use I have for you. I'm going to take you and allow for you to be a benefactor of my blessings. I'm going to come and allow for you to become a fisher of all men. I'm going to make you into something greater than you ever thought that you could become. <laughs> the question is this. Whatever our next step is, we need to take it. Whatever it is for you, you need to step out and you need to do it. You need, if you need to go all in because you've been a sitter and a listener, you've been someone who's given to me at this time, you've been someone who's taken the risk, and now God is saying, listen, it's time for you to put up or shut up. Hello? It's time for you. It's not that I'm going to be done with you, but I'm telling you, you've come to a place in your life where, where, where your, your level of participation with me, it's, it's hurting your involvement. It's hurting your peace. It's hurting your joy. And you're frustrated because you're trying to walk on a fence, and what I want you to do is to sell out to me. What I want you to do is become wholly committed. I want you to give everything. I want you to leave it all behind now, not everybody's there. Some's only at the sit and listen. Somebody's at the bar, I'll be a boat. Somebody's at, you know, give me, take me out fishing. Some of us here know that we need to be at that spot where we are all in. 
Doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night. Faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step. Faith soars on high. Doubt questions who believes. And faith answers, I. Amen? Praise Him. I want you to come back, if you would, please. I am so excited about the potential that we have as far as the body of Christ. I'm so excited because I want that to be me. I want that to be the faith that arises within me. And I hope that I'm giving you some tools and some resources whereby you can share this with other individuals. You can say to them, hey, it's okay to take baby steps because when you say yes to Jesus, he takes responsibility for the outcome of the journey. Well, what if I fall down? What if I make a fool of myself? What if people don't understand me? Listen, when you take a baby step, how many people are literally looking at other people who are taking baby steps and they're sitting there saying, that's dumb. What are you even trying that for? You can't do that. Oh, the world's got some people in there. But how about if the body of Christ was to rise up and, set in, in, and we created the environment and the atmosphere where everybody could come in. It doesn't matter from what particular walk of life that they're in. It doesn't matter if they've been in the, in the church for a long period of time and they're still at the sit and listen stage. But we will create opportunities by which they will be in close proximity to the teachers who actually love God who actually show his characteristics. <laughs> Jesus says, follow me. That's what he wants more than anything else. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes in this place today. Father, it is with great joy that we come here today with an excitement and an anticipation that you will do something that we cannot do in our own strength. And so I ask this really quickly, but with full, God, I believe the, the, the weight of the word behind this, God, that you can confirm to individuals exactly where they're at. And, and no one, no one should feel like anyone would look down at them in a condescending way if they're only taking the baby steps of sitting and learning sitting and listening someone asked this someone asked you every four every these areas here I'm going to ask you this if you're here at the sit and listen stage but you're not ready to make a commitment I have never said this in a church you're not ready to make a commitment. We usually say, if you're ready to make a commitment for Jesus Christ, I want you to put your name up, your hand up, all right? But I'm asking you this. If you know you're not ready, and, and that's okay, but you're willing to sit and listen. See, that's where I'm at right now. Would you just identify right now that, that that's me? Where are you at today? I'm just willing to sit and listen. I'm not there yet, but I'm willing to sit. Good. God sees that transparency. Come on, someone else. Where are you at? It's okay to sit and listen. Listen, he longs for you. I see that. Yes, you can put that down. Good, good. You're, you're going to... It, it, it's, yes, I see that. God bless you. You can put it down. That's good. Someone else. Yes, I see that. God bless you. Anyone else. It's okay. 
Because he's not going to quit there. He's, he's going to love on you. He loves you enough if, if you don't have it all. But though he's not either going to take out the whip. You're here today and you say, I'm only at the sit and listen stage. Where you at? Come on today. Church, we have some things to pray for. We have some people here today who says they're willing to sit and listen. Do you hear that? I wonder if we might be Jesus to them. I wonder if we might be convincers to them as we sit and listen also with them. Maybe here today and you say, yeah, I'm, I, I, he wants to borrow my boat. He's asking for a little bit more time than what I've been willing to give. And it's been, it's inconvenient, but you know what? I recognize I got to give it. I got I to gotta give up more of something. Come on, how many of you, how many say, you know what? I've been reluctant at loaning him my boat. Right? Would you lift your hand? Come on. I've been reluctant at loaning him my boat. But today, I, I just recognize that's where I'm at. Good, all, all across this sanctuary. It's all right. It's okay to be there. I've been reluctant at it. But I'm, 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 I'm considering I'm going to loan him my boat. Put your hands down. Who here today says, you know what? I'm not. I'm not. Okay. He's asking me, I think, to do something, to go fishing with him, to take him fishing. And I'm tired. I, I, I've seen church done all different types of ways. And, and, and I don't know if I'm really ready to go fishing again. And, and I, you're asking me to do something totally different than the way I've ever done it before. But you know what? I, I'm willing to be there. Maybe that's where you're at today. Would you lift your hand if that's you? I'm willing to take a risk. I'm willing to go fishing and do something different than I've ever done it before. Come on. This is all for you. It's, it's, just, it's just us recognizing where we're at. That's good. Now you put your hands down. And now finally, there's some of you here today. He's calling you. Follow me to be a believer. Identify with me. You're here today and you said, He's calling me right now. I've been a listener long enough. I've loaned him a boat. I've, I've went fishing. And now he's saying, He wants to use me. But I've got to be a believer. I've got to go all in. I need to give him everything. You haven't given him everything. You know it. But guess what? Today you're saying, I'm going to give him everything. Lift up your hand. Come on, where are you at today? I, 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 all right, good, good. One, two, three, four. Come on. Come on. Five, six, seven. Yes, good, 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 good. People giving him everything. You want you to put your hand up? You can put it down. Listen, this is a, yes, I see that, everything. It, 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 I, I want to tell you something. There's people who raise their hands who've been in the church for years. Just with that right there, you say, really? And that's okay? Yeah, it is. Would you stand to your feet? Because we're going to pray in this place. We're going to open up this altar, and, 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 and we're just going to take a minute. And, and if you would, if you raise your hand for any of those things, I'm just going to invite you to come down here. I want to invite you to say, Lord, I want to let you to deal with me. I want you to receive me as I am. Come on, come out of your, your pews right now. Your, your chairs there, your seats. Right now, come on out. Come on out. You raise your hand for any of those things. Any of those things. We're all, I, said, I said it represents us all. We're all probably at one of those four stages. And it could be at a different point in life. You could be a believer and yet you still need to be sitting and listening. That's okay. Come on. Come on. I wonder if we might have this. We might have some individuals. Step as close as you can to the, uh, the front, if you would, please, the front step. I wonder if we might have some individuals that will come and join these individuals. You want to be involved? 
in a process by, whereby people, lives are being transformed and changed, and you're willing to stand with them shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, hand in hand, you're willing to just put an arm on them. Would you, would you do that? Would you be willing to do that right now? There's individuals up here who want to and need an intercession, an intervention from God. We're going to pray a prayer together, everybody together in just a moment, but come up here. Once I have everybody with somebody, somebody with everybody, come on. That's it. Somebody with everybody. I think this prayer right here applies to us all. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. We recognize that you are a loving God and that you are patient, you are enduring, and you desire that we would move into a relationship with you that cannot be shaken. And I thank you, Lord, that you receive me just as I am with the intent to make me to make me into what you know into what you know is best for me is best for me I may not I may not make the ultimate commitment today make the ultimate commitment today but I will speak truth but I will speak truth and to where I am at and to where I'm at I commit to you today I commit to you today in Jesus name Jesus name amen 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 hallelujah father right now I yeah go ahead we're going to pray for these individuals. I want you to find out the name. You're there with somebody. I want you to find out their name because I want you to pray for them in just a minute. And I want you to commit to pray to them throughout this week. Find out what their most pressing need is. And I want you to pray for them. Okay, we're going to sing this song one time through. If you have to go, God bless you. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you at Life Groups tonight. Amen. Go ahead. My soul.